Jonah chapter number one. <clears throat> you pray for me and my voice. Uh, ain't much left there. Uh, I told Zeke last night, I, I don't know if I got three points. If I stop at point number two, he's got to come up and finish the message. <clears throat> Jonah chapter number one, I'm going to read 15 verses of scripture. I know I'm going to do one or two, but I'm going to use 15. Amen. And you find that, I ask you to stay in reverence to reading of God's word. <clears throat> Jonah chapter number one, verse number one. You have your place, shout a big amen. amen. If you love the Lord, shout an even bigger amen. amen. The Bible says in this, now the word of the Lord. Right there, Brother Steve, we can stop. There's no, there's no argument. It wasn't a neighbor that asked Jonah. It wasn't a friend that asked Jonah. It was the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of, of, of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call unto thy God. If so, be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, every one to his fellow, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said unto him, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Let me stop right there. Jonah just said he feared the Lord. A man that fears the Lord, Miss Danielle, definitely don't run from him. Amen. Verse number 10, then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto them, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said unto him, what shall we do unto thee? that the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea wrought, was wrought and was tempted. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that my, for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea was wrought and, and was tempted against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood for thou. O Lord, hast thou done as it pleased thee? So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea and the sea was seized from her raging. Amen. I want to preach as I told you this thought, throw Jonah off 
the boat. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings of life. Thank you for the ability, God, that we have to call upon your name once again, Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd be with us this morning as we'll stand and preach the word of God. Now, Lord, you know our physical hindrances this morning, but God, Lord, there's no obstacle, Lord, to what you can do. And I pray just for the next little while, God, you just give me a touch from heaven. God, and you allow me, Lord, to preach that which you've laid upon my heart. And God, I'm not up here for fame, definitely not up here for fortune. God, I'm up here because this is what you've called me to do. And Lord, you said if you call me, you'd equip me. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd equip me, Lord, with a voice, God, that can preach this, God. Lord, I pray that you'd anoint me from on high, empty me of sin, empty me of self. And God, Lord, I pray for whoever this message is for. God, I pray that it kick the door of their hearts in, climb down into the bedroom of their soul, God, and change something inside of them this morning. And God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' sweet name we ask and we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. We find this as just a way of introduction. I, you all know this story of Jonah. Uh, you know about what his life is like and you know about the story of Jonah, how he's supposed to go into Nineveh and all that stuff. But I'm going to break it down to you by way of introduction and I want to show you, uh, I want to notice to you the plan of Jonah. See, Jonah uh, had a plan in his life. His plan was not made by him, but the plan for Jonah was made for God or, or by God. And God told Brother Jonah to go down there. You preach unto Nineveh. If you study and we'll come back to this uh, before this before this is over, but the but the name Jonah it means true. It means uh, a dove, and his dad's name means true. So so Jonah, if you put those together, but Steve, he's a messenger of truth. He's God's man. He's he's there to preach. And by the way, I want to say this that uh, if if Jonah would have went down there the first time with you know you all know Jonah came back again. But if Jonah would have went down there the first time, I believe something even bigger would have happened at that day. But he came back a second time, and God did, still did a great work. But if he'd have went down there the first time in obedience, God would have just flew open the windows of heaven on that place, and maybe it wouldn't end up like it is today. I don't know, but we find the plan. God had a plan for Jonah. He was supposed to go down there and preach. He was supposed to go down there and share the good news and tell them about God and his power and turning from their wicked ways. But Jonah did not do it. Nineveh was a very big task. It wasn't, praise God, it wasn't like Chesney. It's more like Una. It was a bad place, brother Ed. I mean, people were murdered, people were killed. It started out as just a little trading city, just a little small little trading city. And man, it began to blow up, and it was a humongous city, one of the biggest in the land. And man, wickedness was all over that place. And little old Jonah, he, Lord, you want me to go down there and preach? I'm just one man in a big old city. See, Jonah had it all backwards. He was worried about him. Was he able to do it? Could he fix it? Could he make a difference? But Jonah was thinking about it wrong. It wasn't about him. It was just about him being willing and obedient and that God could fix it and God could change the city of Nineveh. But nevertheless, we see the plan of Jonah. But number two, we see the panic of Jonah. Jonah begins to panic, brother Ed. Oh, Lord, you want me to Nineveh? 
not, not Nineveh, God. Anywhere else but Nineveh. Lord, let me go down here or let me go over there. Let me, I'll preach over there. God, not Nineveh. See what he began to do, and we'll get to this in a minute, Brother, Brother Steve. He was willing to do the work of the Lord, but only if he made the plans. Brother Ed, I believe a lot of us willing to do the work of the Lord if only we can make the plans. Lord, I'll go down there and tell somebody about Jesus for five seconds. I'll do that. But God, I don't know if I can sit down and just go on a street corner and just walk up to random people and tell We'll, we'll do the work of the Lord. But man, we want to make the plans. Jonah's like, Lord, I preach for you. No problem. I'll tell people about you. No problem. I just don't want to do it in Nineveh. He panicked. Thirdly, I want to show you this. Not only the plan for Jonah, not only notice the panic for Jonah, but I want you to see this. Look in verse number three. He said, but Jonah rose up uh, uh, to flee from Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. Watch this. So he paid the fare thereof. We see the plan. We see the panic. Now, thirdly, we're going to see the prize. Jonah has panicked. He has utterly panicked, Brother Steve. He is not going to go down there to Nineveh. He is going to disobey God, and he is going to panic so much that he's going to go down to Joppa. He's going to find a ship, and he's going to get on that ship, and he's going to go over yonder to Tarshish. And what he had to do is he had to pay the fare. He had to pull money out of his pocket, and he had to give it to those mariners. But Brother Joe, what he did not realize is as he was pulling money out of his physical pocket. He was pulling stuff out of his spiritual soul as well. And he had to pay a price. You say, preacher, I don't want to go and do all of what the Lord, I'll do a little bit of it. But I don't know if I can do all of it. I don't know if I can do everything he wants me to do. Let me say this, uh, this morning. Uh, if you do not, if you panic, uh, God has a plan for you. But if you panic over that plan, you will pay a price. What was his price? Well, let's look. He gets on that boat, Brother Ed, and man, it begins. The storm arises in Brother Jonah's life, and it begins to beat up on the side of that boat, and it begins to, the Bible says, it was, it was like it was going to be broken, Brother Steve. Listen to this preacher up here real good this morning. When you panic over the plan of God and you run from it, you will pay a price, and that price sometimes is heavy, and you can't pay it. That price just may be the boat breaking. But in this story, Brother Steve, what we find is we find some symbols. I don't know how you are when you study the scriptures, but... The best way I've able, been able to do it my whole entire life is why I'm such a simple preacher is because I always find things that are a symbol. It symbolizes something. That's what the whole, almost the whole scriptures are just a bunch of parables pushed together, but they're truthful parables. 
And they're teaching us. They're showing us, Brother Steve, that this, this, this true biblical account, it, 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 it symbolizes something in this day. See, that word of God is good enough for us today. That word, when God planned to have that word written, he, he written, he didn't write that thing, Brother Steve, so it lasts five years and expire and they'd have to write it again. He wrote that thing so it'd be good forever and ever. And ain't it funny how we're living in 2021? Everything has changed. I mean, you, bless God, I started wearing my wife's Apple Watch. And man, you wouldn't believe what that thing. I was sitting in church the other day, Miss Tabitha, and it said, you need to breathe. I said, what the world? How does that thing know I'm breathing? Everything has changed by the steam, but yet that word that was written thousands years ago is still applicable today in this. Why? Because God's word has been preserved. Amen. 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 That's another message. That's free. You got two messages this morning. Amen. But that word, Brother Head, it symbolizes something. Everything in that, everything in that symbolizes stuff. See, Jonah's calling, what he told him to go do, that symbolizes the plan that God has for us in our life. Jonah's panic, his, oh, I can't go down to Nineveh, that symbolizes what, I, what we do in our life. And then he goes down and he tries to find something else that, that, just like us. Then you find mariners. See, you always find somebody to help you flee from the Lord. Then he gets on a boat. That boat is a symbol of our Christian walk. It is a symbol of our lives. Jonah is a symbol of hindrances. Jonah, brother Ed, to that boat was a hindrance. Jonah's a hindrance, a symbol of hindrances. Number one, I want to show you this this morning. You pay, you pay real close attention. I don't care if you lost. I don't care if you saved. I don't care if you don't know. You're somewhere in the middle. You need to listen this morning. Number one, I want to show you that he's a symbol of rebellion. He is a symbol, brother, Ed, of rebellion. See, see, Jonah knew what he was doing. Miss Danielle, Jonah wasn't making any mistakes. Uh, oh, oh, I, oh, I didn't know. He intentionally got on that boat, and he intentionally tried to flee unto Tarshish, and he was trying to flee from God. He knew exactly what he was doing. I believe Jonah, if you'd have told him a year ago, before this ever happened, Jonah, well, do you think you'd ever find yourself on a boat trying to run away from God? Jonah would probably say, you're crazy. I'd never run away from God, but yet here he is running and fleeing from God. He is rebellious in his spirit, and when you begin to rebel against God, it is the sin, the Bible tells us, of witchcraft. Some of the craziest stuff you've ever seen before in your life will begin to happen when you disobey God. But I want to show you this. I told you earlier that Jonah, his name means dove, but yet here in the scriptures we find him acting like a donkey. His name means dove. That dove's supposed to go around and send a message. It's supposed to fly. It's supposed to be beautiful. But yet we find him being stubborn just like a donkey. He's rebellious. But watch this. I'm going to show you something in the scriptures if I can. His name meant dove. Look what he said. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. That don't sound like a dove. You know what the problem was, Miss Heather? Jonah wasn't living up to his name. Man, I felt that as soon as I said it. 
Jonah wasn't living up to his name. Jonah had been given a name. He had been given a name that separated him and set him aside, but yet in this rebellious state, he ain't living it up. He ain't living up to his name. Can I say this this morning? I believe there's some people, I believe there's some Christians that have the title, but they ain't living up to the name. All God's people say it. They've got the title. See, it's the best way I can, I can describe it to you. Watch these commercials. And you know I'm a Ford fan, so I always throw off on other trucks. But I'm watching these commercials, Brother Steve, and, they, and a Chevrolet commercial comes on. And they're talking about all these reward, these, these awards. They got plaques and trophies. Brother Zeke, they're talking about Chevrolet has been announced the best, blah, blah, blah. And they're going along, along, along. And, they, and they're announced by this certain company that gives out awards. So I looked that company up. And guess who, guess who owns about 40% share in that company? <laughs> Chevrolet does. See, they had the title, but they hadn't done anything to those cars or trucks to make it live up to the name. See, God has given us a title. We are born again, child up. We're children of God. God has, without a doubt, uh, been able to save us and make us royalty and make us a, a courtship. Everything he owns, Brother Steve, we own. We own heirs to what he does. We've got the title of royalty. We're not dumpster trash. We're not homeless people anymore, but we are children of God. But sometimes, Brother Steve, we ain't careful. We get into a rebellious state and we don't begin to live up to the name anymore. Preacher, I just don't know what you're talking about, all right? Come here, Brother Steve. We're going to go over here. Brother Ed, you, well, you just sit over. You're going you to be part of this, too. Well, Steve, you are, you are the plan that God has for me in my life. You are the plan that God has for me in my life. Now, that over there is the plan I have for me. Now, you have told me, son, I need you to go down to Nineveh. I need you to go down to that great and terrible city, Nineveh, and I need you to preach to them and tell them about God. My plans is go down there to Joppa, get on a boat and run away. So I'm stuck between his plans for me or my plans for me. You say, preacher, I don't understand what you're talking about. Every one of us have decisions to make every day. You listen to me, listen to me real good. We've got decisions every single day when we wake up. Before, before our feet ever hit the floor, we have already made a decision whether or not we're going to get up or not. Then after we hit the floor, we've, made a, we've already made another decision where I'm going. What I'm wearing. When, what time is it going to be? See, we're making decisions all day long. And you know, when we make those decisions, Brother Ed, this is what we do. What do I want to wear? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? That's, that's the questions we make. And we get into that habit, Miss Tamtha, when it comes to make decisions in our lives. And we say, I wonder if I want that or not. I wonder if I want that young lady. 
I wonder if I want that young man. I wonder if I want that job. I wonder if I want that car. I wonder if I want that house. I wonder if I want to go down there and do that. I wonder if I want to do this with my life. And you know what's going to happen? God says, no, you don't need to do any of that. You need to do this. But Lord, I'd really, oh, I'd really love to do this. Nope, you need to go over here. I've got a plan for you. I've got something over here I'm working, and I'm working it for the greater of your good. You won't believe what I'm going to do when I'm through with it. It's an amazing plan. It's an awesome plan. Oh, but Lord, oh, I really love this plan over here. Lord, I, I can, I, Lord, you saved me, and I appreciate that. But Lord, I can plan my life out. Lord, I can put my own life together. Some of y'all look at me like, like y'all been sucking on a sour pickle. That's what Jonah was doing. He said, Jonah, get down there. Go down there. No. I want to go to Joppa, get on a boat, pay my fare, and go to Tarshish. I want to do what I want to do. Lord, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And he got into the place. We had messed it up. <clears throat> you can sit down, Brother Steve. <clears throat> he's a symbol of our rebellion. He's going against the plan of God. Number two, he's a symbol of our sins. I think three of you will try to get up and leave when I said that. Mr. Cassidy, he's a symbol of our sins. When we look at Jonah and how he ran and he's on that boat and that boat is about to be utterly destroyed, he's a symbol of our sins. Watch this. I studied this out. The name Joppa, that name, the meaning of Joppa. You know, Joppa is the place you went to to catch the boat. You know what that name Joppa means, Brother Steve? Beauty. You know what? The name Tarshish means, means to contemplate. Means confusion. See, Jonah was able to see with his eyes Joppa. He didn't get to see Tarshish. He didn't know what Tarshish was like. He just seen Joppa and he thought, if I get to Joppa, Tarshish will look just like Joppa. Tarsus will look just like beauty. I believe, I don't know, I ain't never been there and I ain't never seen it before. I don't even know what the current city or state is now. But if you believe with the job back then, Steve, I bet you it was the beautifulest thing in the world. I bet you the trees were brighter and greener. I believe the fruits were just, uh, I mean, everywhere. I believe the streets were nice and clean and paved. Everybody looked good. Everybody dressed good. I believe the city of Joppa was just something out of a Hollywood picture screen. And, man, it was set up good. Jonah said, oh, Lord, here is Joppa. Forget about the plan of God. Forget about what he has for me in my life. Look at Joppa. Look how beautiful this. I bet you Tarshish. Looks just like Joppa. I'll get on a boat and I'll go over there to Tarsus. See what you've got to be very careful with when you've got a plan in your life that God is seeing and he has something for you to do. The devil's going to draw up something beautiful. On one side, it's going to be beauty, but on the other side, it's going to be confusion. It's, you're not, I wish some of you'd help me preach this morning. If you are not careful and you do what you want to do instead of doing what God have you to do, 
you will get into a place where it looks beautiful at first, but then you're wrecked and you're in confusion and you don't know where to go and the ship's about to be broken. Preacher, what can I do? You can, you can yank him up and throw him off the boat. I'm preaching better than some of them's responding, Brother Ed. Rebellion. He's a symbol of that. Throw him off the boat. See, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I want to show you this. They come to him. I can't remember what verse it is. Maybe it's 11. They said that they came. They said, Jonah, the lots fell on you. This thing's about to be broken. It will not float, Jonah. What do we, what can we do with you? What can we do to this sea? What can we do with you, Jonah, to make it stop? Jonah said, you're going to have to yank me up and you're going to have to get me off this boat. If you want your Christian life to ever work out, if you want it to float life's seas and shorts lay into heaven's gates, you're going to have to take Jonah, the symbol of rebellion, and throw him off the boat. You're going to have to take Jonah, the symbol of sin, and throw him off the boat. But it don't stop there. All right? I'm just putting myself in his situation, Brother Steve. I mean, my son is like how, how I was when I was a kid. I didn't like thunderstorming. I didn't like lightning. I wasn't equipped with it. Didn't like it. And I can only imagine Jonah sitting in that boat and them waves is crashing in. That lightning is, that thunder's rolling. I would almost see Jonah curled up in a ball and saying, oh, I've done it now. Oh, I've missed. Oh, I've disobeyed God. Oh, I've rebelled. Oh, I've sinned. But no, we don't see him like that. We see him slid down on the side of the boat. You know what? You know the heaviest impact spot for a ship is? The side. Jonah's getting all of it. But you know what Jonah's doing? He's sleeping. Sin has took him to a place. Rebellion has took him to a place where he's numb. He thinks, I'm going to wake up and be in one beautiful, beautiful land. He's the symbol of rebellion, he's the symbol of sin. But lastly, this, and I just said a little bit of it, he's the symbol of our contentment. Am I the only one? Don't you think, Jonah, if it was you, don't you think you'd be down there balled up, panicking and afraid? Oh, I've messed up big time now. God's going to kill me doornail dead. I have rebelled against him. I have sinned against him. I've tried to make my own plans, and now they're falling apart. But sure enough, I am going to die on this boat. But you know what he's doing? Kick back. Head on a pillow. Snoozing. Brother Steve, if I could picture Joan, I believe he had both hands behind his head. Feet. Over top of the other one. Just sit back chilling. Oh, I can't wait to wake up. Oh, when I wake up, it's going to be so beautiful. Oh, the trees are going to be blowing. The ocean's going to be just a waving in. It's going to be crystal blue. Oh, if it looked anything like Joppa, I'll be all right. But when he did get woke up, 
he got woke up by some men saying, hey, wake up, man. Do you know what's going on? No, we in Tarsus? Oh, we at that beautiful place? Oh, I can't wait to see it. No, you don't understand, Jonah. This boat is about to get destroyed. It's about to get ripped apart. See, the devil will blind you, and you won't even see what's been going on. You won't even see what's been going on around you. You think you're heading to a beautiful place called Tarsus, but while you have been blinded, the devil has been bombing everything around your life and destroying and when you finally do wake up oh no the boat's about to be broken oh because of why because he wanted to make his own plans he wanted to do what he wanted to do and it's got him in a place of contentment and they came to him they said Jonah they cast lots Lots fell on Jonah. Jonah, what are we going to do with you? Well, Jonah, we go, Jonah says, you're going to have to throw me. That's it. That's the only way you can save yourself, save this boat, is if you pick me up and you throw me off of this thing. Raise your hand if you'd have done this. He'd have told me that. I'd have grabbed him by the belt buckle and I went, yep. What I'd have done. I'm like, God, I didn't know I need to know his name or social security number. I'd, hey, I'm the reason why it's like this. Okay. Hope you can swim, boss man. But you know what they, the mariners did? Watch this now. <clears throat> Verse number 12, and he said unto them, take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake the great tempest is upon you. Verse number 13, nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea was wrought and tempted against them. This is what they said, Brother Cody. Look here. Lord, how can I get this storm to stop? How can I stop the boat from being broken? Lord, I have messed up. I have done wrong. But God, how can I keep this thing going? God says only that way you can do it is by throwing Jonah off the boat. The only way you can do it is getting rid of them sins and rebellions and contentments and come clean and, 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 and follow me. Okay. Lord, Lord goes down there. I said throw Jonah off the boat. Oh, Okay. Why? They thought, ah, there has to be another way. Surely I can manage it. Maybe it'll pass sooner or later. But they found out while they were rowing, trying to go against it, to get to the other side under Tarsus, the Bible says it would not row. It wouldn't go. It would not let up and go. And they finally said, all right, here we go. We tried to do it on our own. And if we don't get him off his boat right now, this instance, Brother Ed, we're done. We're dead. Jonah, you said we have to throw you off the boat, son. We're going to chunk you. And he plastered into that. But you know what I find in closing tonight, what I find so wonderful I found out by studying this real quickly last night just because I was curious. Whales only, whales only travel in deep water. In the depths of the sea is where they travel. 
They very seldom go to shallow waters. Now, they will come up the top, but it's still deep water. And when they do come up to, to shallow waters, it's because they've been pushed there by sharks. Where did, so Jonah gets thrown overboard. Jonah gets swallowed by a whale. Jonah was cast into the depths of the sea. The scripture teaches us that he'll take our sins and throw them into the depths of the sea. Jonah was swallowed up by a whale. Jonah spent a few days in there, began to get his heart right with God, saying, Lord, I'm sorry, I've wronged, I messed up. Lord, I won't do it the way I want to do it. God, you'll give me another chance. God, if you'll just give me a second chance and don't kill me in the belly of this whale, I'll get out of this thing. I don't care where you take me, Lord. I'll go to Nineveh two times a day, seven days a week. It don't bother me, Lord. Just give me a second chance. Lord says, okay. Spits him out. Vomited him out. I want to say this before I go any farther with the story. Ain't it beautiful how the story begins, Miss Danielle? It begins with a little young Jonah. Admiring the beautiful sight of Joppa, but it ends with him getting vomited out of the belly of a whale. That's just like sin and rebellion. Starts out beautiful, ends up with you getting vomited out of the stomach of a whale. It's pretty now. It's beautiful now, but it won't end that way. I knew a man, I won't say his name. I'm in school, closing tonight. If you'll stand, maybe play something softly. No man, brother Steve, in school. I believe it's high school, somewhere around ninth, tenth grade. He was a, I mean, just all star and everything. Just a, just an A one athlete. Man, he had any girl he wanted. Parents were rich. And he started smoking a little bit of reefer. Started getting on a reefer and then he started getting on them pills. I seen him probably about a year ago. Steve. Just a skeleton. Scabs all over his face. You could see his ribs through his shirt. His scars up his hands. And he noticed me, but I didn't notice him. And I, and I got his name, and, and I, I, just, I just couldn't believe it. But I didn't want to make it noticeable because I didn't want to embarrass him. And I finally just said, man, what happened? What happened to you, man? You had it all. You had a beautiful family. Your mom and daddy was rich. You could have had anything you wanted. You had talent. You had the good grades. You had it all. What happened? Said I just pleasure things I shouldn't. Got in a life of dope. It was so bad, brother Ed. He, this, this is a man who had it all. He was selling himself just for some more drugs. I will say this this morning: You think it's just a rebellion against a plan, and you got it all figured out? That's what the enemy wants you to see. You've got to understand this morning, if you ain't careful and if you don't stop and you don't turn around this morning, you could very well end up like that boy who had it all and lost it all. End up with that boy that's just ruined by drugs and sin in this world. Say, preacher, what do I got to pray about? 
everything. You better make sure you know who you're marrying. You better make sure you know who you're going to live and spend the rest of your life with. You better make sure you want to have kids and when you're going to have kids. You better make sure where you want to live. You better make sure what you want to drive. You better make sure what you want to wear every morning and what you're going to do. You better check it in with God every single day. The scripture tells us to give no place for the devil. When we make our own plans, we give the devil a place to step into them. Everything ought to be prayed over. We don't make our own decisions. When I was born, God had artistic rights. He created me. He's got artistic rights. Lord, what'd you have me to do? I'd love to come in here and preach one to make you, but we ain't got chandeliers, make you, well, sling around that can lights, huh? Better get on my face. I said, God, I don't know. Oh, but you do, God. Give me the message. Why? Because I don't have control over my life. And I've got free will. But he says, here's the plan. Will you walk in it? This morning, as they play something else, I want to say this. The skies are blue right now. Man, you think you've got it going on. You're laying your head on the pillow and you're crossing your legs and you can't wait to wake up in a beautiful land because you think your plan is just going to come together marvelously. What you're going to find out is you're going to get woke up one day and that boat's going to be falling apart and you're going to say, oh no, Lord, what have I done? And if you end up there and you don't come down this morning and if you'll end up in that place where you will get woke up and everything's destroyed, I want to say this, don't you hesitate. God's arms will still be there. But what will you have lost by then? What have you lost by then? How much pain and misery have you went through by then? This morning you can solve all of it. You say, God, you take control of my life. God, you, 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 you lay it out. I'll walk in it. Just don't let me end up like Jonah. It's time to throw some things in your life off the boat. As they're playing this morning, you know what they are. You know there's things in your life that need to be out. They're a hindrance to your boat. This morning, it's time to throw it off the boat. Get serious with yourself. Get real with yourself. Sometimes you, there's some things in your life you need to start throwing this morning. Some of you need to start throwing some worrying out. Some of you need to start throwing some confusion out.